Hi, I'm Jamie Mackay. Today we have a very special 13-minute podcast about facial eczema and the cost of subclinical facial eczema here in New Zealand. I'd like to introduce veterinarian Dr Emma Cuttance. The floor's yours, Emma. Well, thanks, Jamie. My name is Emma. I'm a vet in Te Aumutu and I um, have been so for about 12 years. I spent a lot of time working with dairy cattle and in particular with facial eczema outbreaks, prevention and research. Facial eczema is a disease that so many farmers will be aware of. If you haven't faced the devastation of it before on your own farm, you certainly would have heard either your neighbours or your friends or even on the news. Sometimes it even makes there on just how bad that disease can get. Um, so it's, it's a well-known disease but we still have so many issues with it in New Zealand and the management of it. So if we go back and actually think about what the disease is, it really all starts off in the pasture. And I'm going to flick it back forward a little bit here, but the name facial eczema is, is such a horrendous name for the disease because it really doesn't represent the disease at all. In fact, it's nothing really to do with eczema of the face. It's all actually about damage to the liver. And the fact that some of them then go on to show clinical signs with various peeling and parts of their body uh, is you know, such a small part of the disease. It's really a disease of the liver that starts by the ingestion of a toxic spore. So we have a fungus, and this fungus loves to thrive in those warm and humid environments. And if you think that you're safe right down in the South Island thinking that you don't have that sort of environment, think again because these sorts of environmental conditions are spreading. So what used to be the top half of the North Island is now really gone throughout all of the North Island, top of the South Island, sometimes down to the West Coast and even a trickle into Canterbury. So we have a fungus that loves these conditions, warm, humid conditions. And when it gets those conditions, it starts to expand and multiply on the dead and dying matter in the pasture. And it doesn't need that much. So just the small dying leaf of the ryegrass is enough to satisfy the fungus and what it grows on. Then again, once it's happy, it grows and then it sporulates. And when it sporulates, we know we get these spores that are filled with the toxin sporodesmin. Now, the more that it sporulates when it's growing really fast, sporulating heaps and getting out into the environment, the more toxic those spores are. So when we have uh, spores and the fungus going crazy, we have wickedly toxic spores. Now, these spores, they don't just hang out down at the bottom, the, the majority of them do, but they can move. So they're quite light and they move with air currents and they can then stick to the top parts of the pasture. So even if you've got cattle that are not grazing low down, you can still end up with them eating these spores because they fly up around the place and land on the top parts of the pasture. The sporodesmin in the spore comes into the rumen where it gets break, broken down and released. Now, the actual toxin itself is a really funky sort of system. And so what it happens is the toxin is really unstable and it keeps flicking between different forms and it loses bonds and it makes bonds and it loses them and makes them. And it keeps doing that. 
And in the process, what it does is it fires off these sort of oxygen radicals. These, these are called free radicals. Sometimes you hear about this in the news where people are like, you've got to drink red wine because it absorbs more free radicals. You've got to eat dark chocolate to absorb free radicals. These, this stuff is actually, it sounds ridiculous, but it is real. So they, they fire off these free radicals because the toxin is so unstable. And it is those that get into the bloodstream and damage the liver. And what is in particular, it damages all the bile ducts and tissue around the bile ducts. Now you could say, well, who cares about that? Well, actually, it turns out that's quite important. So if we think about the function of the liver, we have an organ that is the processing plant of the whole body. So when you have food coming in, so the, the farmers eat grass, uh, the farmers eat grass, the cows eat grass, and the you know that comes in and there's protein and there's fats and carbohydrates, well, the liver distributes those and builds them up or breaks them down and decides where they need to go. So let's say fat comes in, they say, okay, fat, you're going to go off into milk production, and off it goes. Or it might make the building blocks of various other things like muscle, right? So the, the liver decides everything. But what the liver also is, is a waste disposal plant. So when you get toxic things from grass, and a classic example is the chlorophyll in grass, it breaks down and we need to get rid of certain components of that. So that's, it gets a bit sort of funky, but we're talking about phyloerythrin and things like that. Anyway, they, they eat the grass, they've got to get rid of certain toxins, that all gets filtered out through the liver and through the bile ducts. So when the bile ducts are damaged and they don't function, they're blocked off, they're filled with fibrous tissue, inflammation tissue from, from the sporadesmin, then we can't get rid of the byproducts of grass or other various toxins and they build up in the blood. And in some cases, and I stress here very strongly, in 5% only, that buildup will cause photosensitivity. But most of the time, you'll get this damage in the liver, and it is horrendous damage, but you won't see it on the outside of the cow. So this is essentially how we end up with the damage of facial eczema. Now, in terms of you know, what's going on with the, with the spores and the, and the fungus, when the, the fungus is incredibly variable, so on some farms, you'll, and you, you'll hear this with your neighbours, some farms are really hot, you get a lot of the fungus. Some paddocks are really hot, you seem to get lots and lots of the fungus in one particular paddock, and then other paddocks are not. So it is a very difficult thing to monitor the fungus and figure out what's, what's going on, because it is so, so variable. But as long as you're looking at it on your farm, that's really, really the key. So if we move on then a little bit to the disease, right? So we, we know the fungus that creates the four spores, it damages the liver. We have a damaged liver. What does that mean, right? What does that mean to your pocket? What does that mean to how they produce? And that's when we get on to, I guess, the real nitty gritty stuff of the effects of facial eczema. Now, coincidentally, just recently, in the last two years, there's been a sustainable farming fund project. There's been a lot of people that have uh, co-funded into this. We've got the Dairy NZ and Fonteras and CRV Ambreed and Massey and Vedent and a whole bunch of co-funders have come together 
to do a big project to try and understand what the cost of subclinical, so this is the stuff you don't see on the skin, what is the cost of that for dairy cattle? And so what we actually found out, we ended up looking at uh, just shy of 5,000 cows from 12 different farms. And we found that on average, cows were losing 0.14 milk solids per day if they were getting any sort of tickle up in the liver. And I don't mean like a big tickle up. I'm meaning that if that those liver enzymes that you can measure just raise up just a little bit to suggest that they've just been a little bit exposed to facial eczema, it doesn't matter. That or heaps of damage, they're losing milk production every single day. And on average, for the farms that we looked at, it was 0.14 solids. And that range, so some farms, they got not a lot of damage. And so there was only, you know, jeepers, 0.04 milk solids a day. But some farms, my goodness, they were losing up to 0.35 milk solids a day. And I tell you what, those farmers were not seeing clinical signs of facial eczema. These were animals that did not have any outward signs. So the farmer had no idea that he was having a facial eczema problem on his farm. The only reason why he ended up knowing in the end was because we blood tested the whole herd. So we knew who had liver damage and who didn't. And the milk production loss was astounding. Now that's that's one day. So let's say we're up to a farm 0.35 solids for one day per cow with facial eczema damage. Now the problem is, is that facial eczema damage actually lasts for quite a long time. So when we're trying to figure out what this cost is to the farmers, I would say that generally speaking, that effect would last for at least 70 days, right? So it takes a long time for that liver to start recovering and regenerating. But here's the real kicker. It doesn't just affect the production that year, right? So it affects them heaps, right? They get it, it affects them. Now you'd think that by the time we got to the next year, that everything would be fine, that the, the liver would have recovered, it might have regenerated. But I tell you what, it doesn't. The next year, even if they have no damage at all in the second season, they will still lose milk production. It's much smaller. We're only talking about somewhere between 0 0.05, 0 0.07 solids a day, but it's still there, which just shows how much this toxin is damaging the liver for it to then affect them the next year as well. So then I guess if we move to young stock, right? So we have heaps of young stock around the country. They are prone to getting eczema just as much as dairy cattle are, adult dairy cattle. And we often try and treat them by giving them various boluses or zinc or, or whatever. But nonetheless, we have young stock. Now, we actually did a study uh, in 2016 that looked at the effect of liver damage in young stock. And we found that they grew less. And so in the beginning, these animals were about nine months of age. And they were about 10 kilos different to their to the young stock herd mates that didn't have eczema. So that's that's what it did. An immediate damage, 10 kilos different in weight. Now again, much like the adult cow scenario, you would have thought, and especially being young stock, that that liver would have recovered and then by the time we get to next year, they'd be all fine again. 
but they weren't. In fact, as we went along and we were uh, weighing them every three months, the difference in weight got more. So by the time we got to the point of when they were mated, now bearing in mind they didn't get facial eczema again. They got it in 2016. They didn't get it again in 2017, yet they were still 15 kilos different from the animals that had got it in the first year and the animals that, and the ones that hadn't. Uh, so it really was making a big effect on their growth. Uh, it didn't have many other effects other than that. There were some suggestions that it was affecting their uh, conception rates and reproductive performance, but it was not quite statistically significant. We're probably a little bit low on numbers by that point, uh, but there's certainly suggestions that it was heading that way. By the time they got back into the herd, they were okay, they seem to have recovered. But certainly the conclusion from the work that's been done on adult cows and young stock is that the effects are not just immediate. They are most certainly lasting for at least another year to 18 months. So there you go. I didn't realise what an issue facial eczema is. Thank you for that invaluable information, Emma. This facial eczema defence podcast was proudly sponsored by FaceGuard. See your local veterinarian for more information. Till next time, I'm Jamie Mackay.